Welcome back, everybody, to Chip and Eric Have to Go By Two. We are happy that you're here today. Yeah. That's the new name of the show. Hey, we're so glad that you can join us and you're reading through the Bible. It's really exciting. Yeah. Very important, especially in times like these that we live in today. Oh, yeah. Stick with God's Word. Hey, Eric, today is day 204. Mm. We're going to read Jeremiah 32 through 34, verse 7. Okay. Okay, you want to get us... Uh, that sounds started, amazing. Started today? Let's do it. <clears throat> the following message came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the 10th year of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah. This was also the 18th year of the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar. Jerusalem was then under siege from the Babylonian army and Jeremiah was imprisoned in the courtyard of the royal of the courtyard of the guard in the royal palace. King Zedekiah had put him there asking why he kept giving this prophecy. This is what the Lord says. I am about to hand this city over to the king of Babylon, and he will take it. King Zedekiah will be captured by the Babylonians and taken to meet the king of Babylon face to face. He will take Zedekiah to Babylon, and I will deal with him there, says the Lord. If you fight against the Babylonians, you will never succeed. At that time, the Lord sent me a message. He said, your cousin, Hanamel, son of Shalom, will come and say to you, but my field at Anathoth, Buy my field at Anathoth. By law, you have the right to buy it before it is offered to anyone else. Then, just as the Lord had said he would, my cousin Hanamel came and visited me in prison. He said, Please buy my field at Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. By law, you have the right to buy it before it is offered to anyone else, so buy it for yourself. Then I knew that the message I had heard was from the Lord. So, I bought the field at Anathoth, paying Hanamel 17 pieces of silver for it. I signaled I signed and sealed the deed of purchase before witnesses, weighing out the silver, and paid him. Then I took the sealed deed and an unsealed copy of the deed, which contained the terms and conditions of the purchase. I, and I handed them to Baruch, son of Neriah, and grandson of Maseiah. I did all this in the presence of my cousin Hanamel, the witness who had signed the deed, and all the men of Judah who were in the courtyard of the guardhouse. Then I said to Baruch, as they all listened, This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Take both this sealed deed and the unsealed copy and put them into a pottery jar to preserve them for a long time. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Someday people will again own property here in this land and will buy and sell houses and vineyards and, and fields. Then, after I had given the papers to Baruch, I prayed to the Lord, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You show unfailing love to thousands, but you also bring the consequences of one generation's sin upon the next. You are the great and powerful God, the Lord of heaven's armies. You have all wisdom and do great and mighty miracles. You see the conduct of all people, and you give them what they deserve. You performed miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, things still remembered to this day, and you have continued to do great miracles in Israel and all around the world. You have made your name famous to this day. You brought Israel out of Egypt with mighty signs and wonders, with a strong hand and powerful arm, and with overwhelming terror. You gave the people of Israel this land that you had promised their ancestors long before, a land flowing with milk and honey. Our ancestors came and conquered it and lived in it, but they refused to obey you or follow your word. They have not done anything you commanded. That is why you have sent this terrible disaster upon them. 
See how the siege ramps have built have been built against the city walls. Through war, famine, and disease, the city will be handed over to the Babylonians who will conquer it. Everything has happened just as you said, and yet, O sovereign Lord, you have told me to buy the field, paying good money for it before these witnesses, even though the city will soon be handed over to the Babylonians. Then this message came to Jeremiah from the Lord. I am the Lord, the God of all the peoples of the world. Is anything too hard for me? Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will hand the city over to the Babylonians and to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he will capture it. The Babylonians outside the walls will come in and set fire to the city. They will burn down all these houses where the people provoke my anger by burning incense to Baal on the rooftops and by pouring out liquid offerings to other gods. Israel and Judah have done nothing but wrong since their earliest days. They have infuriated me with all their evil deeds, says the Lord. From this time... From the time this city was built until now, it has done nothing but anger me, so I am determined to get rid of it. The sins of Israel and Judah, the sins of the people of Jerusalem, the kings, the officials, the priests, and the prophets, have stirred up my anger. My people have turned their backs on me and have refused to return. Even though I diligently taught them, they would not receive instruction or obey. They have set up their abominable idols right in my temple, defiling it. They have built pagan shrines to Baal in the valley of Ben-Hinnom, and there they sacrificed their sons and daughters to Molech. I have never commanded such a horrible deed. It never even crossed my mind to command such a thing. What an incredible evil causing Judah to sin so greatly. Now I want to say something more about this city. You've been saying it will fall to the king of Babylon through war, famine, and disease. But this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I will certainly bring my people back again from all the countries where I scattered them in my fury. I will bring them back to this very city and let them live in peace and safety. They will be my people. I will be their God, and I will give them one heart and one purpose to worship me forever for their own good and for the good of all their descendants. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good for them. I will put a desire in their hearts to worship me, and they will never leave me. I will find joy doing good for them and will faithfully and wholeheartedly replant them in this land. This is what the Lord says. Just as I have brought all these calamities on them, so I will do all the good I have promised them. Fields will again be brought and sold, bought and sold in this land, about which you now say, It has been ravaged by the Babylonians, a desolate land where people and animals have all disappeared. Yes, fields will once again be bought and sold, deeds signed and sealed and witnessed, in the land of Benjamin, and here in Jerusalem, in the towns of Judah, and in the hill country, in the foothills of Judah, and in the Negev too. For someday I will restore prosperity to them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Wow. Okay, next section here. <clears throat> While Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the guard, the Lord gave him this second message. This is what the Lord says. The Lord who made the earth, who formed it and established it, whose name is the Lord, ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. You have torn down the houses of this city and even the king's palace to get materials to strengthen the walls against the siege ramps and swords of the enemy. You expect to fight the Babylonians, but the men of this city are already as good as dead. For I have determined to destroy them in my terrible anger. I have abandoned them because of all their wickedness. Nevertheless, the time will come when I heal Jerusalem's wounds and give it prosperity and true peace. I will restore the fortunes of Judah and Israel and rebuild their towns. I will cleanse them of their sins against me and forgive all their sins of rebellion. Then this city 
will bring me joy, glory, and honor before all the nations of the earth. The people of the world will see all the good I do for my people, and they will tremble with awe at the peace and prosperity I provide for them. This is what the Lord says. You have said this is a desolate land where people and animals have all disappeared. Yet in the empty streets of Jerusalem and Judah's other towns, there will be heard once more the sounds of joy and laughter. The joyful voices of bridegrooms and brides will be heard again, along with the joyous songs of people bringing thanksgiving offerings to the Lord. They will sing, give thanks to the Lord of heaven's armies, for the Lord is good. His faithful love endures forever. For I will restore the prosperity of this land to what it was in the past, says the Lord. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. This land, though it is now desolate and has no people and animals, will once more have pastures where shepherds can lead their flocks. Once again, shepherds will count their flocks in the towns of the hill country, the foothills of Judah, the Negev, the land of Benjamin, the vicinity of Jerusalem, and all the towns of Judah. I, the Lord, have spoken. The day, oh, sorry, I got excited, Chip. I know. The day will come, says the Lord, when I will do for Israel and Judah all the good things that I promised them. Okay, now I can read. In those days and at that time, I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. He will do what is just and right throughout the land. In that day, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this will be its name. The Lord is our righteousness. For this is what the Lord says, David will have a descendant sitting on the throne of Israel forever, and there will always be a Levitical priest to offer burnt offerings and grain offerings and sacrifices to me. Then this message came to Jeremiah from the Lord. This is what the Lord says, if you can break my covenant with the day and the night so that no one does not follow the other, only then will my covenant with my servant David be broken. Only then will he no longer have a descendant to reign on his throne. The same is true for my covenant with the Levitical priest who ministered before me. And as the stars of the sky cannot be counted, and the sand on the seashore cannot be measured. So I will multiply the descendants of my servant David and the Levites who minister before me. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, Have you noticed what people are saying? The Lord chose Judah and Israel and then abandoned them. They are sneering and saying that Israel is not worthy to be counted as a nation. But this is what the Lord says. I would no more reject my people than I would change my laws that govern night and day, earth and sky. And I will never abandon the descendants of Jacob or David my servant or change the plan that David's descendants will rule the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Instead, I will restore them to their land and have mercy on them. Okay, next section here. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came with all the armies from the kingdoms he ruled, and he fought against Jerusalem and the towns of Judah. At that time, this message came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go to King Zedekiah of Judah and tell him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I am about to hand this city over to the king of Babylon, and he will burn it down. You will not escape his grasp, but will be captured and taken to meet the king of Babylon face to face. Then you will be exiled to Babylon. But listen to this promise from the Lord, O Zedekiah, king of Judah. This is what the Lord says. You will not be killed in war, but will die peacefully. People will burn incense in your memory, just as they did for your ancestors, the kings who preceded you. They will mourn for you, crying, Alas, our master is dead. This I have decreed, says the Lord. So Jeremiah the prophet delivered this message to King Zedekiah of Judah. At this time, the Babylonian army was besieging Jerusalem, Lachish, and Azekah, the only fortified cities Judah, of Judah not yet captured. And, and that, that is, is our reading today. today. Hey, it's not one of my things, but... Um, I just have an observation of something I realized for the very first time reading this. If that's okay, mm -hmm. I'll go quick. So, uh, 
Jeremiah had this vision from God, hey, your relative is going to come and sell you this field, right? Yeah. And then the relative came and, and said, hey, I want you to buy this field. And Jeremiah said, that's when I knew that my vision was from God. So even Jeremiah had those moments where he's like, oh, is this from God or am I making this up? Yeah. Or, you know, like he had that very human, I think we all do that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think even I said something to you today, like we have this opportunity. It could be a distraction or it could be the thing God wants. And so I just think that that's very interesting that even Jeremiah, the prophet, went through those moments of like, yeah. I don't know if I'm thinking this up or if God's saying it or, yeah. Yeah, so. that's that's a good question every day. Yeah. I think that's a great question. Yeah. So that's something Jeremiah did. But here's some other questions for you, Chip. Uh, two of them, in fact. What does this tell us about God? What does this tell us about us? So what does this tell us about God, Chip? Well, I was, I'm just going to jump right onto that. I have, a, I have a few things here I could say, but I'll just stick with what you're open with there. I, I think God will, it says that God will allow us to experience hardship as we, even as we do his work. So Jeremiah was imprisoned. Yeah. He experienced hardship. And yeah. he had those questions. Is this from you? Is it not from you? Am I doing the right thing, the wrong thing? And I think we saw that probably with John the Baptist and others. Mm -hmm. Jesus. You know, uh, Jesus, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, it, I think we learned that about God. It tells us, you know, in this section and all through Scripture, God will allow us, even though we're doing His work, a good thing, God thing, to experience hardship. Absolutely. And uh, and it's, um, it's just something that it's not always uh, easy, but it's worth it. And uh, and and then I wrote this too, um, also telling us about God. But I think it's part of everything we're talking about so far, is that God is so good, even though. Um, we can be so bad. Now, mm -hmm. this doesn't apply to Jeremiah, but it applies to the people of Israel. Yeah. God is so good, even when we can be so bad. They were so bad. All the things he listed, you know, in, yeah. you know, um, burning incense to other bales and the place they were. I mean, everything the prophets God. have talked about so far, right? Yeah, but yeah. yet God is still so good to them, yeah. even though they were so bad. And he's still so good to us, even though we can be so bad. He's Absolutely. God's goodness outweighs everything. Absolutely. Okay. So one thing that this tells me about us is that worshiping God is is good for us. Um, I will give them one heart and one purpose, to worship me forever for their own good and for the good of their descendants. Hmm. God, God it, he wants our worship, he desires our worship, but he wants and desires our worship, at least in part, because it's good for us, right? And so I think what that says to go along with what you said with the hardship thing um, yeah, we're going to go through hardships, but if we come through those things with a heart of worship, it's going to benefit us. We'll worship him forever for our good and the good of our descendants. And I just think that that's incredible. Like, he doesn't give us a heart of worship just because he's selfish and, you know, and greedy. God is not those things. He gives us those that heart of worship so that we can benefit. It's for us. It's for our good. It's mm -hmm. what we were designed to do. Yeah. And so the, I think yeah. what I would say is, the hardships are not a measurement uh, like like if your life is easy that is not a measurement of you being super spiritual right like well god's blessing me because life is good right if it wasn't for my super spiritual nature then life would be really hard but god is blessing me so much because i'm i'm so good right um no i think a better measurement of our spirituality is Where's your heart when it comes to worshiping God? Do you have that heart of worship that God wants for you? So for your benefit, for your blessing, and for the blessing of your descendants. Yeah, because God's always good. Yeah, because God's always good. That's yeah. who we worship. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And we were designed to worship. You got that right, 100%. Uh, 
but sin has tainted that. Yeah, totally. It's messed it up. So Big where's time. your heart? Is your heart hmm. in a big bucket of bubbling, gooey, disgusting <laughs> sin, Baruch? Or is it is it in a place where you can worship, where you've confessed and repented and been restored and redeemed? And yeah. you know, where are you? Where's your heart? Because where we worship from hmm. is a very important question, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's definitely a good takeaway today. Start you know worshiping God and asking those questions. Yeah. We were designed to worship. Someone recently told me, I think heaven's going to be boring. So, not a Christian. It wasn't a Christian oh. person. But, like, if we live forever and ever and ever and ever, it's going to get boring after a while. Um, and I just think, like, like, this is the answer to that. Like, I'm going to give you a heart of worship. You're going to want to worship me. Mm-hmm. You know, I will give them one heart and one purpose to worship me forever. Like, we're not going to get bored of that. Mm-hmm. We're not ever going to be bored of that. That's incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Hey, guys. Thanks Good for stuff. tuning in. Way Very go, proud everybody. of you. The Good contest job. is way over. Yeah, it's so, been over a long time. So. Yeah, it has been, including yesterday, I think, when I said it was still going. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not Allison. I'm not in charge of these things. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I'm, glad you, I'm glad you're not Allison. Yeah. I think she's glad I'm not her, too. Probably. All right. Hey. All right. You guys have a great day, and we will be back tomorrow. Can God wait. willing. Goodbye.